Just a quick content warning, this conversation includes discussion of trauma, spiritual abuse and church harm, and weight gain. If any of those things are triggering or activating for you, please proceed with caution. Hello and welcome to the Let It Matter podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Wolf. Here at Let It Matter, we seek to make space for and honor what matters to us as individuals, as communities, and as beloved children of God. The Bible tells us in 1 Peter 5 to cast our cares on God because God cares for us. That tells me that God cares about what we care about. In their song of the same title, the group Johnny Swim offers this invitation. If it matters, let it matter. So that's what we're going to do. I invite you to join me for the next half hour as we make space, honor, celebrate, or lament, and as we name what matters. Hi and welcome. I'm so glad you're here. I know you are going to be glad too here in just a second because today on the Let It Matter podcast, I am joined by author and trauma therapist KJ Ramsey. For those of you who may not be familiar with her books or with her ministry of words, blessings, poems, and prayers that she regularly writes and shares on social media, let me introduce her to you. K.J. Ramsey is a trauma-informed licensed professional counselor and author whose work offers space to see every part of our souls and stories as sacred. She holds degrees from Covenant College and Denver Seminary and is the author of This Too Shall Last, The Lord is My Courage, and The Book of Common Courage. K.J. writes at the intersection of theology, psychology, and spiritual formation to guide us in recovering the rhythm of resilience through nervous system regulation and the wonder of communion with God. She and her husband, Ryan, along with their two exceptionally cuddly dogs, Merton and Risa, live near Denver, Colorado, where K.J. listens for the liturgy of life in wildflowers, sunsets, sorrow, and church. Um, in 2022, KJ released her second book called The Lord is My Courage, in which she takes a phrase-by-phrase walk through Psalm 23 as she explores the landscape of our humanity, fear, trauma, and faith. And tomorrow, as of the ep- uh, date this episode is going to air... Uh, tomorrow, January 17th, her newest work comes out. It's sort of a companion to The Lord is My Courage, although they can be read and understood separately. It's called The Book of Common Courage, Prayers and Poems to Find Strength in Small Moments. I cannot tell you guys how excited I am for this book to release. I can't tell you the exhale, my actual physical body, as well as my spirit and soul, released when I opened up the box and found my copy. It is beautiful. It is stirring. It is um, it is a ministry of the Holy Spirit and of KJ's work. And I um, am so happy to tell you that we will be giving away a copy of the Book of Common Courage to one listener of this show. So stay tuned at the end of this episode for details on how you can enter to win that. And now, here is my conversation with K.J. Ramsey. Okay, you guys, today I have K.J. Ramsey with me on the show. K.J., thank you so, so much for being here. Um, I just can't tell you how honored I am to have you here. It is my joy to get to be with you. So, um... 
one of the themes I we're sort of going to be talking about both of your books t- today. Um, so some of the themes found in the Lord is my courage, which you released last year, I believe in June. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then, um, the last bit I want to talk about your book that as of the air date of this podcast will be coming out tomorrow. So January the 17th, um, right. Is that right? The 17th. Mm-hmm. Yep. 17th. Yep. And that is called The Book of Common Courage, Prayers and Poems to Find Strength in Small Moments. Um, and so to start us off, one of the themes you talk about in The Lord is My Courage is around the human body, um, physiology, and responses to circumstance and stress and trauma and safety, um, and the various ways our bodies communicate all of that to us. I, I just am thinking through so many of us in evangelicalism um, who have have experience in that world have been taught that our bodies and emotions are bad, mm-hmm. right? Reference to the flesh we see in the Bible and um, or that they're corrupted by the fall and they're therefore not trustworthy, uh, especially for women. Mm-hmm. Those of us, for those of us who have been taught those messages and uh, internalized them, what are some steps we can take or some just ways we can courageously reconnect with the goodness of our bodies and our emotions and how can we begin to trust them again? I think that's, even if we know it, the signal is coming, how can we trust it that it's good and that it's for our good um, either again or for the first time? Yeah. Um, just start off with an easy question. Thanks. Just Let's just jump in, I think. <laughs> so I... I cannot help but answer this question in just real time, present moment focus. So I think we begin to turn toward our bodies as good, um, even in the smallness of our breath. So like right now, take a deep breath. In, now... And maybe take another inhale, exhale. Your body just filled up with oxygen. You just released carbon dioxide. You gave yourself room to feel a little bit more settled. Your body did that work for you just by the very action of inhaling and exhaling like I think we want um like really big steps to yeah getting back to our bodies being good and it's actually the small small moments of Mm. remembering to breathe yeah and um I don't know I think of what do you what do you say to yourself when you look in the mirror Mm. Um, that's such a big one (laughs) yeah it's such a big one especially as as your body changes with Mm -hmm. with response to the circumstances in your life um that's something I'm thinking about or returning to a lot lately I've gained weight in Mm. um a lot of medical treatment in a really hard year and so to like look into the mirror and see a slightly different body than I had grown used to and to look at her and like appreciate this body 
Yes. Is important. Yes. I, th I think so many people can relate with that because of the season where uh, I want to be clear still in, but also coming um, has shifted and changed. But with COVID, it was, it was such a body centered central season because people were so fearful of getting sick. People were sick. The measures we were taking were physical measures and barriers to keep ourselves protected. Um, some of our bodies adjusted and adapted to being more isolated. And so big crowds now are very, at least for me, I, I, they're jarring and I don't feel comfortable. Yeah. Um, like I used to feel fine in conferences or concerts or whatever. And that doesn't, it's an adaptation. It doesn't feel like a loss necessarily. I feel like this is who I am now, but, but also a lot of people experienced weight gain during that time because so people were home. Um, yeah. and, and, um, you know, we, we were baking bread and we were eating our cheese and we were, <laughs> um, we were, couldn't go to our gyms or whatever people, you know, do. And so, um, it was such a season of people being so focused on the body. And at the same time, I think a lot of us were just shut down into fight or flight maybe, or survival mode. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and that's not to, to say, um, or that's not even including those for whom that's a daily experience, right. Chronic illness and, uh, or disability or, um, those who were, did get very sick and have long COVID since then, that that's not, that wasn't a season for them that that's their life. But, um, but even if that is just a season we all sort of globally experience, um, I think many of us are more conscious of our bodies, but at the same time may be coming out of a fog of sort of disconnection mm -hmm. from, from our bodies because they were scary because they could have been the source of what killed us very, you know, or the, or the virus infecting our bodies could have killed us. Um, or, or many of us lost people. And so grief was racking our bodies. Um, mm -hmm. So I just, I, I, I didn't mean to interrupt you and I want you to continue. I just, I'm thinking about how relevant that is when you say even just sort of reconnecting that there's not so many steps. Yeah. Uh, it took a long time. We were all sort of in our homes and, and that, that season was long, but it's not as long of a process to reconnect to the goodness. Yeah. in in a lot of ways, it's not so long. I do think that the aspect of what trauma does to us can make that bridge back to our bodies um, a, a little extra scary to walk down. <laughs> um, and, and so like having the care of a trauma therapist to like help you step onto the bridge and not feel like the bridge is just going to collapse underneath you to come yeah. back to connection to your body because so much with trauma we lose we do disconnect from the body in order to survive because the signals yeah. are so intense that it feels like we will die if we hear all of yeah. what the body's saying and that's mm -hmm. like a actual great thing that our body does to protect us to keep us alive um but to start to listen again and to to experience that maybe we won't die if we listen um is, yeah. can be really terrifying so yeah and yeah, I like the I, way that you worded that as a bridge that it is sort of one step forward or or one step at a time whether it's forward or backward um but 
it's it's often not even linear like that but um but the like i think you just like you build trust with someone mm-hmm. right when when they prove themselves trustworthy in that first thing there's a little bit of trust built um, and, and your body, I like what you said, like, it's a great thing. Our bodies are designed to keep us safe. And so they're not going to lie to us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, they may, they may be responding to trauma, right? Like, um, making us feel unsafe when in fact our physical environment is safe. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but there's something that made that come yeah. up and, and reminded yeah. our bodies of, of a previous, um, Absolutely. Circumstance yeah. of unsafety, are right? Telling, are always telling the truth. And we, it's by listening to it, that truth and responding to the truth of like the lack of safety that we feel that we, our body hears, okay, you're not going to abandon me. Therefore, I can relax. Yeah. It's that listening that actually makes room to step forward. Um, mm. Not ignoring it or not saying okay we're actually fine now so come on let's go body let's get yeah. going it's power like, through <laughs> yeah it's just so much kindness is the way yeah. kindness is the way I, I like to think about that like witnessing my body is the way um witnessing is kind of the whole way so we wit our you know, Gabor Mate, I love this quote. I talk about it too much. He said um, in a foreword to one of Peter Levine's book that books that trauma isn't just the hard things that happen to us. I'm paraphrasing and a little bit butchering it. It's not the hard things that happen to us. It's what we hold inside in the absence of an empathetic witness. And so our bodies quite literally like hold on to the energy of very difficult situations until we have been adequately witnessed until we've felt Mm. adequately seen and heard by someone who is safe and that someone can be yourself. So like when I, yes, right. It's It's it's, good. When I, when I witness my own weariness and Mm -hmm. my own fear, my own even heavy heaviness, like physical Mm -hmm. weight here to witness like, this is hard and body you you did what you needed to to help us feel safer and like packed on some extra pounds well that was cool like you you felt like you needed more protection you needed more layer between you and the world thank you um my body will respond in kind when she feels witnessed um and yours will too yeah Oh, that's so powerful. I I was thinking as, as soon as you were talking about being witnessed, I was like, you know, thank God for therapy. Thank God for my community, my family, that we can be our own compassionate witness is, um, that's going to stay with me. Thank you for saying that. Um, so <laughs> you thought the first one was deep. Let's go on the second theme in... <laughs> Lord is my courage. Another th- uh, another primary theme in the Lord's my courage is that of experiencing church harm and spiritual mm-hmm. abuse. Um, sadly, this is an important and very relevant conversation for so many people, particularly in the spaces that I sort of occupy in social media and online and in this podcast. Um, also, especially in the wake of COVID and Me Too and Church Too and 
some of the ideological and political divisions we've seen sort of amplified over the last seven years or so. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, not limited to those things, but but it's become, I think, a far more um, common conversation, I guess, than I used to see. Um, and so regardless of the catalyst or whatever, um, to be harmed or silenced or betrayed or abused by leaders or by other members of our community of faith is often a source of trauma and also deconstruction um, of our faith or our practice of that faith. It's loss of belonging, right? Um, I wonder if you could talk a little bit about what courage looks like in that context. Um, because I've had in my mind what courage is for a long time, right? It's the um, the cowardly lion going to Oz to get some courage. <laughs> put him up, put him up, right? <laughs> he wants to fight. And I'm an Enneagram 8, so I resonate. <laughs> um, but that, your book painted a portrait of what courage can look like in all different types of ways. And so I wonder if you would just, if you could just talk a little bit about what courage looks like in this, in the context of having experienced those things. Yeah, well, you know, your question actually is a manifestation it's an expression of the last question because or at least my answer is um to have courage when you've been harmed or are being harmed in a faith community looks like daring to witness and hear what your own body is saying about how you are being belittled and how Mm. others are being belittled and it will feel (laughs) courageous in that it will feel terrifying um courage actually doesn't like usually feel great it feels terrifying um correct yes (laughs) yeah it's not like oh I am amazing for for doing this it's like you feel the risk of losing your belonging and your acceptance from the people around you it it is terrifying because in so many faith communities we have been taught to be submissive, to be quiet, to trust leaders and what they have to say about what is right and wrong, um, and to make our own opinion smaller, um, especially to like keep your body in line. I mean, we can't, I don't think we can talk about harm in faith communities, especially in the context of Christian faith communities without talking about purity culture and the way <laughs> and yeah. the way that these consistent, persistent messages about the um what's the word? Um the dangerousness of our bodies. Yeah. Though what the those threat. messages the threat of your your body is the source of someone else's sin or your own sin, those messages um, go deep into how we see ourselves and how we respond to ourselves and our bodies. And so to like, in order to actually see that you've been harmed or that you are being harmed, you have to hear what your body is saying and believe your own self. And to do that cuts, it it goes counter to what so many of us have received as what it means to be faithful, which is 
quiet yourself down, get your body in order, cover that thing up. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, actually, no, I, w- I want to hear what you have to say, body. And I'm mm-hmm. going to actually respond based on what yeah. I hear. And that, that uh, is The phrase that just terrifying. came to mind as you were describing that, <laughs> another one of the messages received was basically for women, especially live your life as an apology for the threat of your body. Oof. Ouch. I like not just cover it up, but yeah. also do everything you can to make sure everyone around you knows you mean no harm. You're mm. you're you're sorry for existing in a space for uh, that could put um, men in in danger of sending. I I it's okay to say this on a podcast. I got boobs in eighth grade and I got them, man. Mm-hmm. I was. I, by far, my friend used to introduce me. This is my friend Kelly from Texas, and she has huge boobs, right? Um, it was like oh – <laughs> was an identifying factor. I mean, and to the point uh-huh. that I found out one time at the church camp uh, that the boys had a lesson about modesty and lust, and I was used as an example. All of you, all of you boys from the Louisville youth group, you know you have somebody uh-huh. in your youth group, um, right? And so – and I and I know that people, you know, may have experienced not everybody has that story, but um but I felt always aware of how um a hug could be dangerous, of how buying a t-shirt that was uh, buying a shirt from Hollister that didn't make shirts that weren't skin tight because of the size <laughs> of my chest um meant I was gonna be more dangerous. You know, there was, Mm -hmm. what if I get thrown into a pool? I have to make sure I'm wearing an undershirt. All of these things constantly. And so, um, yeah, I, I, just the way that you were talking about how those, those things are inseparable, like the messages received about our bodies, even in that, especially in the purity culture environment. Um, and then it is courageous. It is courageous to begin to listen and say, no. No, my body is good. I my body does not need to apologize for existing. Right. Right. In my the company of men or otherwise. Things. My body has wise things to say. Yeah. That we kind of all need to hear. In my body to... bears the image of God. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um. Thanks for saying that. I want to quickly. I, we're not done with that topic, but just I was thinking about one of the things I loved in the book was how this sort of refrain courage is, and you give a different sort of definition or manifestation of it. Um, And I had marked a few pages and I want to just sort of read those sentences if you could, as we continue to talk about that. Courage isn't the opposite of fear. Courage is the practice of risking to trust that we have a good shepherd who is with us always, no matter what. Courage is practicing listening to Christ, even from within the stress in your own body, especially when your body is telling you something is wrong, and then stepping toward the true good shepherd based on what you hear, even if that means confronting and leaving the shepherds and systems you've always been taught deserve your loyalty. (laughs) Um, I'm going to have to cut that out in the audio. Um, (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. There's a couple more. Sorry, I'm just going to read your book to you. This one, this one flattened me. 
Courage is choosing to let your life match your worth. And to God, your worth is infinite. Belovedness is your birthright. Wholeness is the aim of a person who is practicing the willingness to let every part of their body, story, and life align with the truth of how beloved they are. Come on. Courage is practicing integrity, embracing that beautiful wholeness that refuses to slice apart body and soul, physical and spiritual, ordinary and extraordinary, the wholeness embodied in the person of Christ. Courage is refusing to dichotomize that which Christ has dignified. Um, I think that was all the ones I wanted to. Oh, this last one. Fear is just courage's preamble. When we practice remembering that the spirit of Christ is our companion, fear simply becomes one more prompt to pay attention to the voice and presence of love. Fear doesn't have to be an enemy to conquer. It can be a place to be companioned by love. Um, <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Um, if Yeah, let's just, so c- courage can look like advocacy and speaking up, right? Courage can also be knowing that you've hit your limitations in your body and you can't be in the conversation anymore. Mm-hmm. You say? Mm-hmm. Um, it looks like rest and it looks like activity. It, so courage, how would you, how do you say you determine what's courageous in the moment? Oof, that is a great question. Yeah, um, so many of those definitions uh, went back to or directly used the word integrity. And I think that's um, the letting your inside match your outside. Um, Integrity really means wholeness. It's being the same all the way through. So I think that... Integrated is sort of the root word of it, right? Integrated, yeah, integer, the word. Um, And so when we're in... A place I think I think integrity can uh, light the way in terms of what we need in that moment um, yeah. when we dare to listen that our inside is telling us I don't feel safe I don't feel seen I don't I don't feel comfortable with what's happening here um, to actually let the outside behavior match what's happening inside or to Mm -hmm. seek safety for that inner self to be safer than the outside is allowing us to be so I think that coming back to um you know in in the book of common courage one of the things I talk about is that uh the 14th century definition of courage is to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart Courage Mm. is connecting one's heart back to one's mind, stitching together the separated parts of ourselves and one another. Courage is holding the heart when the mind can't hope. It's there's really within that. That's a 14th century definition. That's a lot of emotional intelligence for the 14th century. 14th century. So what I love about that is it's it's about connecting what's been disconnected. So courage is often reaching back toward your own heart so that you can come together mind body heart back together into the life that you have into the day that you're in 
um, it is daring to listen to what is my heart saying. Yeah. And often we know what our heart is saying by what our sensations are saying. Mm. What is, what is That's your, good. What is your physical heart saying to you through its pounding? What are your lungs saying to you through their breathlessness? Um, what's your skin saying to you through its prickling? What is your What are your shoulders saying to you through their tension? About your environment and how safe you feel, and and what you need. Um, <clears throat> and so, moment by moment, I think we know a little bit more about what to do based mm-hmm. on what we hear. Um, yeah. It's not that the it's not that the ins, we'll call it instruction quote unquote instruction isn't coming, it's just a matter of us sort of making space to, to hear it and to, then to honor whatever it is. Yeah, I um, mean just to get need. like make this to flesh this out. Yeah, what this can look like, what I'm referring to when we when my husband Ryan and I were in a church where we were being spiritually abused, but we didn't yet have the language for that. We didn't know to name it yeah. that. We just knew things did not feel okay. We we knew that it it felt very wrong to hear our pastor yelling down the hallway at other staff mm. behind a closed door. Mm-hmm. We knew that we felt afraid when we went home of like what's going to happen to our jobs or like if we were to go knock on his door and confront him for yelling at yeah. our friend he's going to yell at us. Like there's a, but, yeah. but not being able to actually have the outside, what we say in that community, what we actually acknowledge, match the inside of what our bodies and hearts are telling us about how wrong that is to be domineered. Yeah. That incongruity of just having to be like, well, it's not that bad. He's working on his anger. Yeah. Is kept us in a place where we we continue to be compliant and submissive and further severed from our own senses. And courage mm. looked like actually hearing being disturbed. Courage really isn't about it wakes you up. Um just getting to be calm and okay. Courage is yeah. like daring to be disturbed. Mm-hmm. by the places and the systems that we're in that don't allow everybody to flourish. Like it actually, wow. the being able to eventually feel calm and connection and joy again begins yeah. with daring to be disturbed. Like actually mm. feel how your body is telling you um, that you feel distressed, that you don't feel safe. Yeah. And that moves us all into more freedom. Yeah. That's really that good. It, out it does. Bit. Yeah, it does. And I, and I think that was, um, we could have run the risk of staying sort of too uh, theoretical. And so I appreciate you, um, you doing that really quick before we, we go, I just want to take a couple of minutes and talk a little bit about the idea of blessing mm-hmm. as a concept, um, and as a practice. So your newest book that we said releases into the wild on the 17th is a book of sort of blessings and prayers and poems. Um, the idea of blessing and prayer is, is extremely important to me. And in fact, one of the things we do on this show is I end every episode with a blessing or a benediction. Um, so can you just, just really quick, can you talk a little bit about what it means to bless? And I don't mean like 
to give someone money. I mean, within this context, to speak a blessing um, and why it can be an important spiritual practice, like to why we need to receive a blessing sometimes and why it's good for us and for our community to offer a blessing. Mm -hmm. So to connect it back to that 14th century definition, that Mm -hmm. like courage is to speak one's mind by telling all of one's heart. There's this connection, which I think that shows actually um, presumes this disconnection between the heart and the mind. Yeah. And I, I talk about this in the book, but I believe that to bless is to bridge. A, a blessing is a bridge. It's a mm. bridge between mind and heart. Um, it's a bridge to that full belonging of your whole self mm. actually can be connected and does matter and can be received in community. And I think that um, to bless is, it's an inherent human need to receive a blessing because we are, we are not individuals as much as we're taught that Mm -hmm. we are (laughs) with your own little social security number and bank account (laughs) and, all of that, like, we're, we're not actually as separate as we have been told. We are affected deeply and constantly mm-hmm. by the people around us. Our nervous systems are constantly shifting and adapting to the nervous systems of others in the room. Um, yeah. Who we are is beings who are in relationship to one another. Like, we are people because of other people. Um, yeah, we're a community. We are a community, even if you don't have any friends. Like, you are right, right. a human. You we belong to one another in a society. Family. Yeah. We really, really do. Yeah. And even just down to the way that our bodies work physically. Mm. We need human contact to survive. As yeah. Even if you don't get held, you will not live. Um, there's right. Connection is built into what we need to survive and blessing is a way of extending belonging of Mm. giving back to someone that that word that says we need you and Mm. you are welcome Okay, so that was my conversation with KJ Ramsey. Oh, man, she's so great. At the beginning of this and every episode, you heard that this show seeks to make space for, honor, and name what matters. So let's talk about why this matters. I will be honest, I've never thought of myself as someone who struggled with courage as a virtue or as a practice, as opposed to some things like hope or self-control or being slow to speak. Courage was something I felt like I was nailing, especially as an Enneagram 8. I likened courage to confrontation and calling out wrongs and injustices, which it can be. But the way KJ talks about courage in both of these books has shown me so much about how courage is also needed for vulnerability and self-care and rest, for knowing when to remove myself from a conversation or a relationship or a community that is harmful rather than just staying and fighting. 
She has shown me, and I think all of us in this conversation, how truly courageous it is to honor the sacredness of our bodies, our limitations, and our stories. My thanks again to KJ Ramsey for joining me today. You can, con- uh, you can connect with her online at kjramsey.com and across social media at kjramseywrites. I will link to those in the show notes as well. As I mentioned at the beginning of this episode, KJ has generously partnered with us to give away one copy of her new release, The Book of Common Courage, to one listener who completes the following steps. Follow this show on Instagram at Let It Matter Podcast. Follow KJ on Instagram at KJ Ramsey Writes. Subscribe to or follow the podcast wherever you listen. And then comment on the Instagram post for this episode with the one part of today's conversation that was most meaningful to you. I'll draw the winner one week from the date the episode is first published, so the winner will be announced on January 23rd, and um, it'll be posted on Instagram. As we close out, the benediction I'll be praying over you today comes from KJ's new book, The Book of Common Courage, and she and I wanted to pray it over you together, so you'll hear both of our voices alternating throughout. Join me next week as I discuss the topic of grief and processing grief through creative outlets with my guest, Amanda Held Opelt. Trauma pierces us. But there is nothing that trauma has severed that God is not presently holding together. There is no part of you that is beyond Christ's care. He is patient and he is present. Christ is holding us together. By the power of his spirit, wrapping scarred hands securely around the most shattered pieces of our stories, carrying them with care because he chose to be shattered first. The broken one knows beauty is not a matter of perfection, but placement. He takes our shards and situates them within his story. He makes us a mosaic of glory. Your hope doesn't lie in being strong enough to not be shattered. Your hope is that you will always be held in an artist's hands. Trauma can take us there. Where your past, present, and future are all held together in the tender hands of the God who chose to be pierced so that your past and present will become a future of peace. Faith is not mustering up courage to no longer be broken. Faith is practicing the courage to name even your broken pieces as beloved. May you have the courage to do so. Amen. Amen. Amen.